Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 108 and it is Tuesday, February 6th. 2018 and i am your host victor omoyo you gotta give me some some time so i can like start sharing this to the right people okay and with and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair carl bird what's up everybody yes uh we are we are back at it once again yep what's up firm Yep, and we are uh, in the post Super Bowl Fifty Two mode. Oh, now it's Super Bowl. Now it's the Super Bowl. Yes, whatever it is. Call it, whatever happened to your bougie ass corner, or foosball kingdom, or mm-hmm. you know whatever whatever those random names when you actually know good damn well it was called the Super. Bowl. Yeah, I called it like Supreme Ball Football Kingdom, uh, foosball championship eighty eight and a third. But you know what? I'm I'm in such a good mood, Carl, that I want to express my emotions with a song. And this is how I feel due to the results of uh, Sunday night's game. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I feel like this song right here, which I'll play a short clip of. Wow. Here we go. I'm still in the middle of sharing, so... Yes, that's right. That is right. I feel you're starting. You're starting to get it. Oh, I feel absolutely glorious today because the Eagles of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, have defeated those overrated cheating frauds, the New England Patriots. What was the What was the final score, Carl? Forty-four uh, thirty-one. Yes, forty-four to thirty-one at Sunday night's game, and man. I am just so happy that I get to see the Philadelphia Eagles. This is their third Super Bowl that they've that they've uh, made it to, and this is their first championship. And right. they and they have denied Tom Brady the distinction of earning a sixth Super Bowl ring. They've also denied the Patriots of a sixth Vince Lombardi championship trophy. And I, for one, tip my hat off to the city of Philadelphia, Dude, even though... really, Yo, you're like really like... Now, you're getting everything right all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, I hate sports culture and all that, all that little bougie-ass mumbo-jumbo that you spent. Now yep. you know what's called the Lombardi Trophy. Mm-hmm. Now you know what's called the Super Bowl and all that. You know, yeah. I did my fair share. I'm I'm trolled out. I'm good. Mm-hmm. My, I'm just re- I'm ready for next year. And yeah, you know, you Cowboys know. Nation stand up. Yeah, we them boys. We, we still gonna make we it the to boys. Super Bowl. We them boys. I will always say that. But you know, I will say this to you, Patriots. What fans. up, Sarah? Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I will say to you, uh, Patriots fans that have been you know calling me a hater ever since the the season began last August. You know, your team can deflate all the footballs they want to they can illegally videotape all the hand signals from the opposing teams as much as they want to they can bribe as many referees and officials to overturn catches legal catches from the other team as much as they want to you know and they can change as many rules as they want to in the middle of a game and all of those cheap tactics can get them to the dance all those cheap tactics can get them to the championship sure 
But when it, at the end of the day, when it really counts, when skills matter on the field, on the gridiron, as they call it, all, the, all that cheating bites you in the ass because of karma. And with that, I'm just so glad that the Philadelphia Eagles managed to do what needed to be done for the rest of the NFL fandom to def- to to humble. You are really gonna get me in trouble right now. My girl is watching. I'm like in the doghouse right now. Like, oh, hello, feel- Hi, hello, Jennifer Green. Nice to meet you. Um, you know, I am absolutely happy that that you know the the that the that the most obnoxious that the, the most obnoxious fandom in the NFL, the New England Patriots, and the one of the most obnoxious fans in all of professional sports, the, the Patriots again, have been humbled. You know, this morning I went to campus uh, and, you know, I was, uh, you know, going into my English class, uh, writing class, and I saw, and on my way to class, I saw a lot of sad and dejected faces. A lot of people looked like they lost their best friend. You know, I could hear that Simon and Garfunkel song, Hello, darkness, my old friend. God, you sound evil with <laughs> And you know what? It just gave me such joy that, you know, the, the, the most obnoxious fandom in the NFL talking about how Tom Brady's the GOAT and blah, blah, blah. We're going to get our sixth Super Bowl ring. We're going to tie the Steelers. Nope. Denied. <laughs> and you know what? Let me tell you something right now, real quick, before we, before we move on with, uh, to, in today's episode. You know, I hear that you know, to, you know, the the Patriots always talk about you know, you know, being good, you know, the the, the joys of good sportsmanship and all that. Well, let, well, let me ask you something. Speaking about sportsmanship, why is it that Tom Brady refused to shake a uh, uh, quarterback Nick Foles's hand after the game? Why did he storm off the field into the into the locker room and cried like a bitch? Why? Jesus Christ, Vic. Why couldn't Tom Brady show some good sportsmanship and say, "Hey, congratulations, Mister Foles, on your first championship." I'm happy for you. Why? Why, Carl? Listen, I'm I'm I, I'm trolled out. I did my fair share, so I'm letting you have I'm letting you have all this. Yes, this is all you. Oh, thank you, and uh, and 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 I, and, I, and I thank you, Carl, for bringing up this these other two facts here. Um, apparently, um, uh, Tom Brady's wife, uh, Giselle, uh, he she once said uh, years ago, saying that quote, uh, "My husband can't throw the ball and catch it at the same time." I'm not sure how that works, but to which Nick Foles replied, "Hold my beer," and that's how he won. Um, also, um, I reportedly uh, Giselle did also did not tell uh, her kids that that. The Patriots lost, but that instead the Pats had to share the victory. The Patriots had to share the Vince Lombardi trophy. I'm not sure that's how football works or any other professional sport. There's always a winner, and there's always a loser. And this year, you guys have been losers. So you know what? Shout out to Latifa. She just commented. She just uh, commented on my uh, my Bob Ross shirt. Oh yes, it's a it's an impeccable shirt, my friend. Very impeccable. Happy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, also, uh, also uh, one other thing, as you can see here, we have the national bird uh, in full display. You know, because the 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 eagle, the bald eagle, is the symbol of American freedom, the symbol of American excellence exemplified this past Sunday by the Philadelphia Eagles. Although I will say this, though. 
you fans, you Philadelphia fans, destroying you know part of downtown Philly in, ce- in celebration. Come on, son, that's not cool. I mean, and, and, and also too the, the whole fact that you know when you know when <laughs> when shirts. you know when, when when white when white fans celebrate, it's it, when, 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 when white fans you know cause untold property damage, tipping over you know Priuses and lighting bonfires in the middle of a street. That's a celebration. But when black fi- but when black people you know protest legitimately over things that matter, oh, it's a riot. Oh, you know y'all need to sit y'all asses home. You know, just 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 some, just some food for thought there. Don't think that I don't I don't see the hypocrisy there. But and, and when all is said and done, you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm just so happy right now that because I was denied this pleasure last year when the Patriots earned their fifth ill-gotten championship, and you know I I was ready to troll last year and we I mean, we couldn't on the podcast. So now I just feel I just feel so elated right now. Carl, hey Monet. Hello, Monet. Welcome to the show. So, Carl, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Sunday's uh, wonderful game? It's it was the le- the lesser of two evils. One, me being a Cowboys fan, mm-hmm. like I, I I didn't want Brady to surpass us. You know, the Cowboys have five rings. I didn't want Brady to surpass us, but mm-hmm. I didn't want the Eagles to win. Okay. So I literally was cheering against both teams. Like I posted a meme on our, on my page and the Codex page saying a percentage showing that they were going for the Patriots, mm-hmm. another percentage going for the Eagles, yep. and the rest of the pie chart was fans hoping that Bane comes in and bombs the football field like he did <laughs> in the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. So, um, you know, so uh, uh, last call, uh, last call. Uh, attention, Patriots fans! Uh, your train has arrived on platform L. So please get your metro cards ready. Yes. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting to save that one. You have. You re- You really, really have. <laughs> yes, I'm patting myself on the back for that one. I came up with that all by myself. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and. And uh, who knows? Shout outs to Heather, by the way. She's feel she was feeling my pain throughout that whole game. I showed up to the game and I showed up to our game in a Cowboys jersey. Oh, is she also a Cowboys fan? Heather, yes. Okay, and uh, you know uh, that's my DC foil fan. Mm. And as far as the Cowboys go, I will say. Oh, wait, hold on, one second, one second. I'm getting a phone call here. Hello, yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I will tell them right away. Uh, yes. Attention, Carl and Cowboys fans. Uh, nineteen ninety six was on the phone. They they're telling you. They're telling all of y'all to let let them go. Stop living in the past. Dude, Join everybody in twenty eighteen. Really, yo, you just on a roll. Yo, damn! I wish you was a football <laughs> fan. Cause I'm like, yo, who would be your team? Who would be my team? You know what? I mean, I mean, I don't watch football. I, I see you as a Browns fan. I hear the Browns aren't very good though. They went zero and sixteen. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Technically, it's a perfect season. Yeah, yeah. They even had a, a parade and everything. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. The so the Cowboys. Well, with that, I will say, Carl, with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, it, it's been 22 years mm-hmm. since your team made the Super Bowl. Isn't it time for you to cheer for a new team? Nope. Why? No, I've been a Cowboys fan since I was like seven, like seven, eight years old. Right. There's no need. I'm not gonna change. It's part of my like. It's part of my identity. 
I mean, I mean, when you think about the page, I mean, not the page, the the the, the Cowboys, they haven't won a Super Bowl or even made it made it to the Super Bowl since the Sega Saturn hit the market. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've pray I've paid my dues as a fan. I have will st- I have and will continue to stick. With, thank you, Heather. Loyalty. I will stick with my team mm-hmm. through the bad times. Okay. Through the good times. I was there in the good times. I've been there through the bad times with, with you know with Wade Phillips as our coach, Chan Gailey, Dave Campo, mm-hmm. you know what I mean when freaking shit Quincy Cardo was like destroying our name, mm. you know what I mean when we had Randall Cunningham as a backup. Okay, you know what I mean I can't I, I just at this point I'm a fan. I love my boys. Okay, doesn't matter. Don't matter what. Mm. We will go, we can go a 0 and 16 season. And I will still cheer. I will still cheer. I will wear that star proudly hmm. till the grave. I actually want to be buried in a Cowboys jersey. Damn, is it that serious? I I, I can't see myself liking another team. I mean, like I said, I've been a fan since I was a little kid, and I've been through it all. True, true. You you have. I mean, your 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 fandom of the Cowboys is genuine. You know, unlike many of our friends who happen to be Pats fans, like in the last like. Eight years or so, um, so yeah, I, I give you that. Right? Respect, respect. Um, you know, it's, just, it's it's loyalty, man. Okay, loyalty. You know, I mean, as the you know Cowboys motto says, "We them boys." We are. We them boys that don't know how to make it to the Super Bowl. We so them boys. Yeah, we made it five times. Sure, it's been a long time, but the the rings and the numbers are still there. I mean, I mean, Bill Clinton was in office when y'all won a championship. Okay. Okay. We were both in elementary school, going to middle school. All right, but see now you're sounding like one of those Patriot fans. Now I will say this: <laughs> if New England was so great, why did it take so long just to catch up? True. We've had the we've had the record for most Super Bowl wins for a long time. That's true. Surpassed by uh, Pittsburgh. Correct. Yep. Correct. You know, big ups to them. Mm-hmm. But why did it take everybody so long to catch up? That's that's my that's my thing. Okay, that's some some food for thought right there. I'll I'll leave y'all to uh, do the dishes there. So yeah, uh, that that that's my uh, troll uh, trolling moment uh, for um, the Super Bowl Fifty Two. So once again, congrats to the Philadelphia Eagles and to Damn, you went. <laughs> Yo, you. <man. laughs> Yep, and uh, and now now I can have peace and quiet for the next eight months until the next season football season rolls around, so all you Pats fans can you know suffer in silence while I gloat and live my life. So, with that, let's talk about uh, some things that we've been getting into uh, for the past couple of weeks. There was one event in particular that that we were that we wanted to get into last week, but you know wrestling talk kind of took over. It took the fuck. Shout outs to Adrian and Brian for coming through for like a fire episode, yeah. fire debate filled episode. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about. I don't this. even think we even got a chance to talk much in that episode. Like, we didn't, yo. Like when, like as soon as like they were, the second, like first of all, the second they even arrived, like they were mm. going. Yeah, they were. I'm like, man, this is. I'm like, you're saving so much good stuff. Let's save it for the show. Let's save it for the show. The second we went on air, mm-hmm. that was it. Oh, absolutely! Like when they when they started debating about the ascension, that's when I knew, like, all right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, one one big thing that we got into, um, I think almost almost a couple weeks ago, week and a half, was uh, the Freddy Cup. 
Freddy. Yep. Shout outs to Freddie for holding the. I wouldn't say it's not the second one. He there has been a few. There was a few uh, Freddie Cups previous to this, but yeah. the way it's been structured, this is it's his um, second one with the mm-hmm. prize being the uh, replica of the Master Sword from Legend of Zelda. Yep. Um, shout outs to uh, former host of the show, mm-hmm. Aris, for actually winning it. Yep. Yep. Um, what did you think? It was your first. Fre- it, I want to know. Yeah. It was your first Freddy Cup. What did you think? Yeah, I thought the Freddy Cup was was lots of fun, man. I like, still got to stop sharing. I still I'm still sharing episodes. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So the Freddy Cup, uh, for those who don't know, it's a uh, it's a little uh, like fighting fight video video fighting video game, game fighting yeah. game extravaganza. You have three TVs with all different sorts of wonderful fighting games on tap. Uh, Freddie being the host of of said uh, said cup, um, it it was really cool, man. Like uh, besides the main fighting game, which we'll get into in a second, there were some really good ones. Like there was Bloody Roar for the PS One retro with retro game, which still holds up surprisingly from what I saw. Fun. It was fun. I forgot how to play it. Like yeah. I got my ass whooped. Yeah, there was also Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, which I thought was decent. You know, it's a fun, it's a fun game. Yeah, didn't really blow my blow my socks off, but I could see how how fun it is. Um, I think I think you guys were playing Mortal Kombat two and three before I got there. You was too. I was I. Yeah, you played. No, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I have. Um, but I but I was mostly playing um, Killer Instinct for the Xbox One. And man, I will say, like, I wish Killer Instinct was wasn't a Microsoft Xbox exclusive because if it came out for the PS4, I would buy it in a hot second. And that's somebody who does not like fighting games at all. Well, it's it's, it's funny because like when I was a kid, Killer Instinct was my favorite fighting game because like it's so easy to pull off all the combos and right. it's like, and I I, I really like the mechanics of that game mm-hmm. and I was killing it as Orchid, as Glacius, Fulgore. So man, like, as a matter of fact, if you was actually following us. On the Codex Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast. Yep. If you followed our Insta story, you would be you would been able to catch clips of the uh, Freddy Cup. Yeah. But there was a point in the tournament where we got to the uh, main course, which was Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yeah. There were n- no phones were allowed. Mm-hmm. So I had to put the phone down. I couldn't really get much of uh, Dragon Ball, but I'm sure nerds out there, they saw it. they knew what the game was like. Yeah. And so the uh, we had a we had a single elimination tournament. But wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 wait. What we did have a little car ver- uh, host versus host in Killer Instinct. Yeah. Can you just remind the people who won? Oh, I won. Don't be. Come on now. I won one round. They okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, we, we, we got Wish into it. I was it able on. to save that though. That was fun. Yeah. Those, yeah. those those uh, Insta stories were funny. Yeah, we got into it on Killer Instinct, but yeah, definitely a f- banging fighting game. Like I said, I wish it was available for 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 the PS4, but yeah, maybe one day I would have bought it. Yeah, but yeah, the main the main course was of course the uh, Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z tournament, which is a single elimination tournament, uh, in which um, in which there were like how many of us? There were like fourteen, sixteen. Oh. There were like four, fifteen of us, I'd say, right? Fourteen. No, I'd have been 14. 14, 14, 15, around, around that number. And uh basically uh the uh, the loser of the of the first bracket gets sent to the loser's bracket so they can have a second chance of making it back to the winner's bracket and facing the winner of that of that bracket. Right. Um 
I, I, me and Tyrone, shout out to Tyrone, we kicked off the very first round of the tournament. First of all, this is one moment where you just see a whole bunch of grown-ass men in their 30s, mm-hmm. most with, you know, wives, children, girlfriends, you know, of their own. Yep. Screaming like they were still in middle school. Yeah. We yo. instantly, <laughs> uh, like, relived our childhood. Y'all's did in those moments. Yo, y'all's did because like when when Tyrone and I we when we kicked off, kicked off the very first match, like Furman and and all y'all were just spazzing out like y'all watching like a live episode like right then and there. But the graphics are so good. It what it's it is like you're watching a live anime episode of Dragon Ball. Absolutely. Like like I was just button mashing because like I had no. Everybody idea what was, was button doing. mashing because here's, well here's the thing too. I yeah. bought the game on release, which was the day which was the day before. Yeah. And I literally, and the rule was nobody cannot play it. Mm-hmm. Nobody cannot play it. Everybody had to go into this tournament brand spanking new without any knowledge of the game. Yeah. So I literally just sat there at my house holding the, with the game in my hand, still in plastic, just like sad. I wanted to cry. I would literally, I literally cried inside mm. because I wanted to open that game. Yeah. And play. Mm-hmm. You mean you could have been said you nah, didn't? No, Fre- <laughs> Freddie has me on uh, PlayStation Network. Ah, that's right. He yeah. would have saw He would have saw that I played it. Yeah. And you would have been disqualified from the yes, tournament. Yes, I did not want to be disqualified for the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, and like I will say, like I was pulling off like like some moves like 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 from multiple hit combos, throwing fireballs. At one point, I blew up the the planet. Yeah, you did a destructive finish. Yeah, and those destructive finishes are still. I've been playing the game for for like about a week. Mm-hmm. I'm still screaming. Yeah, over those destructive finishes. Mm. Yeah, like Eddie. I see that you just joined. Mm-hmm. Save your money and get that game, and go back to high school when we couldn't make it. Home in time for a Dragon Ball. We had to go to the Providence Place Mall. <laughs> go to the Cox Cable kiosk. <laughs> ask him to put it on for us, and we would watch it. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, they let us, too. Yeah, I mean, y'all are some hardcore fans, man. Listen, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball is life. All right. Dragon Ball is where it was at. It's still where it's at. Hey, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take y'all's word for it. I mean... Yeah, get yourself a Crunchyroll account and start watching Dragon Ball Super. I mean... It's I- free. Is it? Yeah. Okay, I'll think about it. Um, it. There's other anime too on there. Okay, cool. Um, I will say like like Arc System Works. They really outdid themselves with DBZ Fighters. Like they did Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, but with this one, it's like they captured the essence of the Dragon Ball series. They did. I honestly, yeah. I'm. I already call it. It's gonna be fighting game of the year. Hey, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, and this is coming from a non DBZ fan. You know, he's too bougie to like anything popular. No, it's not that I, I don't look. I don't dislike DBZ at all. It's just that I just never got into it. It just I tried. It just never appealed to me personally. But I can see why people like it. But with the fighting game in particular, like I like the like the the three versus three mechanic. Yeah. Um, I I mean, if I if I sat down and played it, it's definitely one of those games that's like it's simple, easy easy to get into, but you know, complex to master. Yeah, I put, yeah, I would I would consider. It. Yeah, because the control scheme is similar to like Injustice. Where you have like I wouldn't a, even say I wouldn't even say injustice. I'd probably say very similar to Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, that's the feel. That's the feel. At least that's at least the feel I got from it. Mm. Yeah. Um. Oh, who would you say are your are your favorite fighters in that game? Like so far, like the ones that you mastered. Teen Gohan, mm-hmm. Go Tanks, 
Adult Trunks, mm-hmm. uh, Goku, and Super Saiyan God Vegeta. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I will say, like, I was very impressed by the, by the game. And I will say, like, even from coming from a non, uh, non DBZ fan, the and, fighter game, or, or well, casual and casual fighting game player at best, I will say, I recommend buying this game. If you're, if you're a fighting game fan, and even if you're not familiar with DBZ, yo, get Dragon Ball Z Fighters, man. It's, it's a, it's a hell of a game. Like, it, it like is. the the gameplay is solid. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Like it's impressive. Um, although I will say, like, there's one flaw to the game. I will say that the menu system is unnecessarily convoluted. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, that I can admit. Because um, shout outs to uh, our friends, our friends from the party nerd AJ. We was I was actually supposed to get on their Twitch stream and um, play against AJ, mm-hmm. but. Um, like I said, we was both having a hard. We was literally both having a hard time just trying to get an online match going. Mm. So we still actually haven't got that online match like together. Just oh wow, uh, com- conflicting schedules and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So AJ, if you if you're watching, if you're listening, you can still catch these hands. Yeah, hey, hashtag Braun Strowman. Yeah, I need to get that shirt. <laughs> yeah, that is a hell of a catchphrase. Well, it's very it's very commonly said throughout throughout you know popular culture now. So mm. I mean, he just happened to catch on to it and just he said it and he just ran with it. Oh yeah, hey, good good on him. He was riding that wave. Yep, strike while the iron is hot. Yeah. yeah. And the most diabolical hated side of the Mississippi is <laughs> what up, Kyle? <laughs> yes, Kyle has joined. Uh, and Kyle on the show too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and John Hapana, we got to get him on the show too. Oh, definitely. Uh, John says that uh, DBZ got terrible after after the Frieza saga. Is that dude? True? You did not watch the freaking Majin Buu saga, the freaking Cell saga. I, I'm not familiar with that. Yo, of these, Cell so. was like the realest one on. Dra- he was one of the realest villains in Dragon Ball ever. Like he straight up posted for a week, oh. waiting for Cass to catch his fade. Mm. Was he the the tall green alien dude? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he like he sat there waiting. He's probably like one of my favorite villains just because of that. He's like, listen, I will sit here wait. He stood still for like a week, waiting for the guy, waiting for the main characters to train up just so they can come fight. Damn, yeah, that's 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 a, that's some confidence that's right real, there. That's a real N word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a real N word right there. Man, real talk. <laughs> yeah, so Ty says blasphemy. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, so, tell us what you think, Ty. All right. So yeah, DBZ fighters, man, get on that. Uh, so yeah, what else? What else have you have you been up to, man? Well, I another. What else? I got called out by uh, my man Eddie Road Dog from the Party Nerds, and um, he uh, challenged me to the annual four in February challenge. Okay. So for those who don't know, the four in February challenge is that you have to try and beat four games. Within the month of February, mm-hmm. okay. Now I was uh, so is the Triple H of the anime films. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Damn. That's a good one. But um, yeah, you have to try to beat four games within the month of February. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be. They don't have to be brand new games. They can. You can pick whatever games you choose. Even games like you're in that you're almost done with. Yeah. You know, as long as they're four. Within February, so um, okay. I I believe I called um, I challenged a lot of my friends, 
including you. I hope you would actually partake in this. I mean, I'll, I, probably. You can do it. Yeah, because because right now Final Fantasy Fifteen's got my focus. I thought you was I thought you was about to rage quit that game. No, I got back on it because uh, John John Haponic was got really into it. He he already finished the game. Really? Yeah, and. You know that kind of motivated me to get back on that horse. Okay, why don't you why don't you throw that in the challenge? Oh man, it's gonna take a long time to beat that game. Yeah, I mean, there's no like extra, there's no extravagant prize to say that you did it. Like I actually participate, I partook last year, mm. so I beat the uh, Game of Thrones Telltale, um, and the first three Uncharted's. Oh wow! Which were part of my original, you know, part of my original four, and I ended yeah. up beating them. Mm-hmm. So I actually raised it and ended up beating Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm. So I managed to get through 5 in February. Wow. So this year, I'm actually picking um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to beat all three story arcs. Yep. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I've ha- I have beaten that one before. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw that in there. Um, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I have beat before. Yep. And... Um, it's one that I'm almost done with, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale. Okay. All right. And if I just happen to beat it, um, beat the if I happen to beat the challenge, I'm actually going to try to go for the Batman Telltale, which is actually free on the PSN net on a PSN. Okay. And the PlayStation Store. Yeah. That and also Deus Ex: Man- uh, Mankind Divided. Didn't you play that? Yep, I did. And you beat that, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did you like it? I thought it was. I thought it was good, but good's about it. I mean, I could tell that um, Square Enix kind of, you know, neutered it to where they're, they're trying to make a trilogy out of that one game. Is there another one coming out? Supposedly there is. It's like a, supposed to be like a part of a trilogy because the storyline was kind of nothing special. Oh, okay. Yeah. But gameplay-wise, it's solid stealth yeah. gameplay. So, um, yeah. So, shout-outs to everybody who I challenged, including you. Yeah, I'll... I mean, I, th- I think I'll I'll meet the challenge. I mean, I do have four games in mind. All right, there you go. I mean, yeah, I, I got Uncharted, Lost Legacy, uh, Dishonored, A uh, Death of the Outsider, um, Prey, and Injustice Two, which I'm halfway through the story mode. Okay, so there you go. If anything, I'll probably twitch minds and why don't you try to get on our YouTube? Uh, I keep, just stream it. Uh, I, I I keep forgetting. I'm saying no. I'm I know you haven't did it in the past. Why don't you do it? So yeah. there's some type of proof that we beat it. I mean, Eddie's already beaten one. That's cool. I mean, I I mean, you know, come to think of it, let me let me ask you, like, how do you know? Can you think of how many video games have you beaten in your lifetime? There's been a good amount, but I can't just I cannot give a number. I can't yeah. give a solid number. No, not even like a ballpark figure. 30 maybe 30 wow okay you know because i was thinking about i was thinking about it like i was i was like listing uh, i just one day i just sat down and i was listing like all the games that i've that i can recall beating like completing yeah because there's a lot that i haven't really yeah played. and my count so far like lifetime total is actually 280 jesus christ dude <laughs> okay yeah i mean remember i bought a lot of two-player games i, uh, well, I had to well, I didn't buy them. My dad bought a lot, bought a lot of two-player games, so it wasn't really necessarily like games that you had to beat. Oh, okay. So like, it's just play so your sister can play too. 
Uh, play yeah. so you play. You know, I go out a two player game so your cousins can play with you as well. Uh, yeah, I, I that's uh, you yeah, my, yeah, no, you're an only child, and you spoiled bastard. Uh, yeah, you have my sympathies, man. You know, I mean, it's it stinks when you got to share the controls with, especially with with other with your siblings that don't know how to play the game as well or don't know how to play at all. Well, no, me and my cousin Joe, you know, it was mostly me and my cousin Joe. Okay, so that's why I always say like street the Streets of Rage series with holds is near and dear to my heart. I don't think I can play that game with anybody else. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Streets of Rage 2 is the, be- the best one, obviously. Yeah, definitely it was the best one, but yeah. we had, I can honestly say I've beaten all three of those with him. Oh, that's what's up. Like, I- and I can't do it with anybody else. What's up, TJ? TJ, yeah. the winner of our Fan Squad Fantasy uh, Fantasy League this year. Oh, cool. Nice. Congrats. So. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, man. Damn, I can't believe it. 280 games because in my lifetime that I've actually finished congratulations man yeah man as a matter of fact i'm I'm actually gonna post up a meme and just see if you see if there's anybody who has beaten that oh oh i'm, I'm pretty sure there are yeah. yeah i am yeah no no question um i, I thought it was there, there probably there probably are more but i just can't remember them but but yeah i will definitely meet the four four for february and uh See see what happens. All right. Yeah. Challenges challenges on. Word. All right. And um I also got into the uh WrestleMania Orlando WWE twenty four uh documentary. Oh, okay. It was nice, you know. I was like more interested into like all the lead ups to what is um what is believed to believed to have been Undertaker's last match against Roman. Mm-hmm. Um it really just like it was a big deal to Roman. He's like I'm actually going toe to toe with Taker. Yeah. And even then, Taker was like, I wasn't, you know, hey, you know, can I deliver? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, unfortunately, he couldn't. Yeah. But, you know, the the send off alone was just, you know, beautiful. No, oh, yeah. It, I, I, I still, I enjoyed the send off as much as heartbreaking as it is as a lifelong loyal Undertaker fan. Yeah. But then there was also other elements that were um, that were shown, like um, Naomi actually coming back home to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, the Miz and Maurice's uh, matchup with John Cena and um, Nick, Nikki Bella. Bella. Yeah, yeah. So and how allegedly, you know, that whole proposal was completely off script. So they mm-hmm. showed everybody, you know, being happy for him. It was a, it was a nice little program. Hmm. I mean, it was what about a good hour long. Yeah, you know, if you got the network, check it out. It's not bad at all. Okay, cool. So then, other than everything else that we uh, talked about, that's pretty much it. I've been up to. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, like for me, uh, like I like I mentioned earlier, I've just got back in Final Fantasy 15, so I'm currently 15 hours into the game. Uh, my party's at level 22. Um, so I'm, I've been primarily doing side missions and hunts. Mm-hmm. I try not to get whenever I like I play adventure games or whatever. I try not to get distracted by side missions. Yeah, like I'm still currently playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I couldn't throw that into the challenge because hey, I don't really have that much time mm-hmm. to like beat a game, but beat that game within the month of February. And then it's yeah. just like I will get so like I get sometimes I can I get so impatient mm-hmm. that I just have to like take breaks. Yeah, 
So like I I try not to get to you know thrown off by um side missions. Try my hardest to stay in the main quest. Yeah, yeah, I I, I could see that. I still love like, that game though. It is. It's, uh, it's, I'm, it's I'm, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And in the game awards, it got absolutely no love. Not nominations, whatever. Mm-hmm. No love though. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but then again, like last year was a strong year for games. So. Yeah, definitely. Probably one of the best years in gaming ever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And with uh Final Fantasy fifteen, like for me, like the side missions are are actually necessary because like but it's also but also makes the game the main quest a little imbalanced because like where I'm at I'm in chapter three mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to go to like this this main town, one of the main towns to advance the main story. I think it's Lestralum. And I haven't even gone anywhere near that. I just like go to like the nearby settlements and just do hunts and side missions to level up my characters. But I'm at the point now where it's like, well, I mean, I should continue the main quest so I can get better weapons to match my characters' levels because I think that the weapons are a little underpowered. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's where that's where I'm at right now. But but like so far, the, like gameplay wise, the game is solid. Like I'd say it's gameplay wise, it's definitely one of the best Final Fantasy games. In terms of story, though, it's nothing special. I won't call the story horrible, but like like the characters and like the whole storyline so far, it's just like eh, okay, they're not really memorable. No, it's not. I would probably say the most memorable Final Fantasy um, character is Cloud Strife. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I would say, like seven, eight, and nine. Like from what I understand, like those are really memorable, and yeah. also Final Fantasy ten definitely. Cause that's yeah. the one I finished, and even to a to a lesser extent, Final Fantasy twelve had more memorable characters as well. Thirteen was nothing special at all. Like the gameplay again was good. Fifteen, uh, like I said, the the characters are like, eh, they're they're. they're likable enough that you care a little bit about them but at the same time like you don't feel any emotional attachment toward them at all right but hopefully maybe that'll change as the game goes on but you know we'll see but yeah i'll I'll definitely finish that game like hopefully in like the next month or two um yeah because that can that game's an epic undertaking yeah did you say your your four games for the uh four in february challenge yeah i did okay yeah and uh, besides that, I watched a couple of movies. Um, in fact, I watched one movie just before, uh, a couple hours before we started this podcast. Uh, I watched a new Netflix movie called The Clover Cloverfield Paradox. Okay. Yeah, and what's interesting about The Cloverfield Paradox was apparently uh, there was a commercial that aired aired for it during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time anybody even heard that there was another Cloverfield movie coming out. Right. And then it was then it was uploaded yesterday. Yeah, I did. Okay, I did catch that. So I catched the. I caught that commercial. Yeah, um, Cloverfield Paradox. It's like it's the third movie in the Cloverfield mo- film series, mm-hmm. uh, following uh, Cl- Cloverfield from two thousand eight, and then ten, 10 Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane, Lane. Yeah. from a couple of years back, twenty sixteen. Uh, this this is like a more of a science fiction movie where um, this group of scientists they're they have this. They're in the space stations orbiting Earth, and Earth is suffering a, an energy crisis. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't have enough power. So they're trying to figure out how to access an infinite energy source. So their space station has this big particle accelerator, which um, which they use. And apparently, the particle accel- accelerator works too well, so they end up be transporting themselves into another alternate dimension. Right. 
and and then it becomes like a like a sci-fi slash horror story like trying to be like alien and life and prometheus but like a more inferior version of those movies and uh i will say that i will say that like on a positive note the 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 film had a had a strong cast like they had um uh, gugu mabatha raw uh daniel brule david oyelowo chris o'dowd uh zhang ziyi who i haven't seen in anything in a while um uh john ortiz but but the movie itself it kind of left me cold because like one it's it's pretty predictable and very boilerplate like it's like it's it's a it's a movie that you can easily tell didn't really belong in the cloverfield universe because just because if you remember like you've seen 10, 10 cloverfield lane right uh, no, I haven't seen like I haven't seen any of the Cloverfield movies. Okay, well, I will say that you're not missing much. Um, with the- yeah, I heard I keep hearing mixed reviews on the first. I heard mixed reviews on the first one. Yeah, and then I, I remember you reviewing Ten Cloverfield Lane. I just haven't got around to watching him. Like like Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's it's a good movie. Um, like I said, that like the the last part where spoiler alert, like she escapes the uh, underground bunker and then it turns into like a big horror video game with the with the space aliens. Like that kind of put, put some people off. Um, much like 10 Cl- Cloverfield Lane, uh, Cl- Cloverfield Paradox, it wasn't originally part of that series. Like it was, it was an, it was an old script called God's Particle mm-hmm. or God Particle. And it was uh, retrofitted to be part of the Cloverfield universe. Okay. And you can easily tell because like you could tell like this movie was like supposed to be like its own sci-fi slash horror thing. Mm-hmm. And then like but the Cloverfield uh universe is like tacked onto it. Right. And the ending, which I won't spoil, the ending like cracks more holes, more plot holes in the whole universe than than anticipated. Because when I watched the ending, I'm like, but well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If if this is supposed to tie back into the first Clo- Cloverfield film, then how can? All right, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna have. Uh, uh, you know, I won't spoil it. But then it's like, okay, first of all, the monster looks completely different, and it's like, okay, how can the monster be that damn big? Whereas it wasn't that big in the first film, and it's and and, and the ending implies that the that the ending is like circles back to the first film. But then the mo- but then the paradox movie just just you know introduces the fact that okay there's like alternate versions of Earth so so do the did the, the Cloverfield monster in the first film and and Lane did, did did they arrive through those like interdimensional shifts um, do they all take place on alternate Earths or is paradox taking place in the same Earth as the first film it it, it just leaves it it just goes to show you that like. There was no grand vision for this. Like it's just a, it's just a like this whole this whole Cloverfield series, if you want to call it that. It's just a way of like cynically having a brand name to attach, mm-hmm. just so people can actually actually go to these movies. Because if they were their own separate stories without the Cloverfield name, they'd be straight to Redbox, straight up, straight up Redbox, or straight to Netflix, or straight to Amazon, Hulu, wherever. Kyle's brother just agreed with you. Disagree? Okay. Yeah. Just agreed. <laughs> Just agreed. Yeah, there you go. Um, like I said, like the, the movie is predictable. Like it has good product it has good production design. It it looks good, it has a great cast, but they're all working with like undercooked material. So like I said, you know, this movie, um you're not missing anything if you don't watch it. Um the first Cloverfield movie and Ten Cloverfield Lane, those are 
those are good, wor- worth checking out. But this one, eh, you know, you, you're better off watching something else. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my take on The Paradox. Uh, and the other movie that I did see, I, I saw it in theaters yesterday. Uh, it's called Hostile, Hostiles or Hostiles. And this one stars Christian Bale, Rosamund Pike, Wes Studi, um, Ben Foster, Rory Cochrane. And uh, this is a, it's like a slow-moving Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in 1892, and it follows uh, Christian Bale's character, who's like this haunted uh, U.S. cavalry officer. And like he's suffering from some wicked PTSD where like he's he has a deep hatred for the for the Native Americans. Like like he's slaughtered a bunch of them like during his time, you know, serving in the in the army. And he's actually tasked with taking um this old retired uh, Cheyenne war chief and his family all the way up from New from New Mexico all the way up to Montana. And and Christian Bale and his character doesn't want to do this. He's like he's like you don't know the things I've seen. Those savages. I just want to murder them all. And so, um, in other words, he sounds like a crazy old Korean war vet. Yeah, but like super racist about you know about his about his mission. So Clint Eastwood in Grand Torino times ten. Ex- pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and movie, by the way. Yeah, and uh, and and Christian Bale's character like he's forced to. Uh, to uh, escort this Indian this Indian family back to Montana because if he doesn't he would be court martialed and he would lose his pension like after twenty something years in the service like to to lose that then yeah he has no choice and the movie it's 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 grim and it's slow moving and it's depressing from start to finish oh, like that is right up yeah Ali this movie is not funny at all there's no humor in it like. I'll tell you, like, like the opening scene sets the tone where Rosamund Pike, uh, she's this, she, Rosamund Pike's character, right? The opening scene, she sees her whole family, her husband, her two daughters, and her baby slaughtered. Yeah, this is a, yo, this just says Vic movie all the way. And like, and like when she's running away from the, from this, uh, from this murderous uh, war party, like there's a scene where she's carrying her baby and you see the, and you see, like, you don't see the baby at all. You just see it, like, wrapped up in the shawl. Mm-hmm. You see the bullet hole poof, right in right in the baby. And, like, and she's, like, rendered catatonic and, like, shocked beyond belief. And so when Christian Bale and his party encounters her, like, she's still cradling the body of her infant and her two daughters. And she's like, shh, they're sleeping. And, he you know, it. and, you know, they're, and they're trying to, you know, coax her out of her, you know, out of her shock and grief, and so she accompanies them up to their up to, in their mission. And uh, there's one part where Ben Foster uh, arrives, and he plays like this uh, this this war criminal who's murdered who's murdered some scores of uh, Indian families. And he's basically what Christian Bale's character would have been like if he was pushed just a little bit too far, more farther than he already has. So he's like a dark mirror of Christian Bale's character. And whenever you see Ben Foster in a movie, yo, you know some crazy shit goes down because Ben Foster plays insane as fuck characters. And man, like the the movie gets ten times more depressing than it already does when he arrives in the this movie. A, oh, I'm just saying that like, this is a Victor as fuck movie. Um, I will say this though, like yeah. I I I did enjoy the movie. Although, no surprise. 
Although I will say, like, enjoy is perhaps a, a, a weird word of saying. I like I appreciated the, the the storytelling from Scott Cooper, who wrote and directed this film. This this film, I appreciated the the slow, uh, ponderous tone. Like the, the like the whole movie is meant for you to like sit back and like really think about like the themes and like the relationships between his characters, and, like the turmoil that they're going through, and the violence in this movie gets super gutter, like. Yo, this <laughs> movie is so up your alley. Man. It is. I mean, it, 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 it's everything that you love in a movie. It it, it kind of is. Like it, it does sound like the stereotypical Victor movie, and like, and I will say there's there's one other character in the film, like Rory Cochran's character, who's Christian Bale's right hand man, and he's just so depressed because like he's just beaten down by just shell shock, and he's like, he even tells Christian Bale at the beginning, like, yo. I've been at this for 20-something years, as long as you have. I don't have the fight in me anymore, man. I just, I, 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 I'm just, I just don't, I just don't have the fight in me anymore, and I just want to end it all. And, like, when you see, like, Rory Cochran's eyes in the film, like, you can tell, like... He embodied the role. He embodied the role. Like, you can tell, like, he just wants to embrace the, his deathbed, like, like, like a warm blanket, and... Man, this this film is grim. This film is unrelentingly emotionally intense, thematically intense. I will say that the biggest flaw of the film, though, is that ironically, it doesn't focus too much on the Native American characters that accompany them. Like West Studi, like West Studi was a great character actor, and I think that the movie should have focused more on him too. Although, like he does have some great moments, as well as uh, the actress. Uh, uh, I'm trying to pronounce her name, Kiorianka Kilcher. Uh, who was who played Pocahontas in the New World? Uh, so this is her second film with Christian Bale. Um, her character didn't get as much screen time as I thought she would. And Adam Beach, who's also a, uh, another good Native American actor, he didn't get as much screen time as well. I, I, I hope that I wish that the film focused on them more. But you know, other other than that, um, Hostiles. It's a film that it's not for everybody. It's very grim, very dark, very bleak. Would I recommend watching it in theaters, especially for general audiences? I would say this is a movie better served watching at home. You watch at home with a glass of wine and you sit back and you think about these themes and these characters. This is more of a contemplative mood piece, you know? Sit back, glass of wine, Moscato, Chardonnay, red wine, whatever, and just 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 let it just 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 think about it. I think that's exactly what you did, huh? Well, I, I well I was in the theater, so I just oh, sat, okay. I just sat there and I was like, "You still look in theaters now?" Well, at, at the showcase cinemas in Warwick, Quaker Lane, which they do have an open bar, right. um, I did not drink at, at the time because I watched it at like one forty five p.m. So I don't. So day, I don't daytime drink. Okay. I mean, for me, like, uh, it's, it's bad form. If you if you drink anytime before five p.m., that's bad form. I don't think so. No. You do it at cookouts. I mean, cookout, cookouts are that's the exception. Cookouts or, or weddings, cookouts and weddings, weddings those, yeah. those are there, the exceptions. There's other, there's yeah, there's always other family functions and stuff. Other functions, there's nothing wrong with drinking during the daytime. Well, in functions, yes, but when you're, well, with your, if, you're out, if you're out with your friends and you just happen to be uh, Grey Goose, okay, uh, Kyle says it's Grey Goose, okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, Goose Goose. I mean, like for me, like you know, or like if you're going, yeah, if you just you're out to lunch with somebody and be like, oh, okay, I'll just have a beer or something or whatever. Okay, I mean, I agree. There's grant nothing you that. wrong with daydreaming. Well, okay, 12 p.m. is a little too early. I will say, like, oh, okay. tailgate, tailgating, 
Oh yeah, for all you foosball fans who do that sort of oh, thing. Oh now it's fo- oh now it's foosball. Foosball. Okay, the beginning of the episode it was football. It was the Super Bowl. It was the Philadelphia Eagles, the New England Patriots. Everything was said right, but now all of a sudden you got bougie again, and it's foosball. I mean, well, tailgating is all well, well and good. I'm, I'm just saying that if you date if you daytime drink alone by yourself, then I think that's. Kind of sketchy, but if you're day- really? if, 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 if your daytime drinking socially, okay, that's all right. That's usually the only time I drink is socially. If I do yeah. drink at home, it's like after a long day, and I'm like, listen, I just want to go home and just, like have a beer or whatever. Yeah, I I I, I got you. Uh, oh, uh, John Haponic asks uh, in reference to hostiles, but was anyone sick? Um, no, there wasn't anybody suffering from a, uh, from a debilitating illness in the film. Okay, so that's, that's the only difference from a typical Victor movie. Yeah, but you may feel ill after watching the movie, which I highly recommend. So Hostiles, uh, check it out. It's in theaters now. Um, but like I said, it's definitely a film better served watching at home because it's, it's two and a, it's almost two and a half hours and it's pretty slow paced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get into the news and headlines. Yes, let's get into the news and headlines here. All right, go ahead. So, yep, we talked about the Super Bowl. Uh, we got a bunch of trailers that dropped. Um, I'm wondering if you watched, this, um, if you watched any of them. Uh, first off, we will begin with a solo. The only one I... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, first, we'll begin with a solo, a Star Wars story, uh, the Han Solo movie coming out in May. Okay. Um, have you seen the teaser? I caught, uh, yeah, I caught the trailer. Um, it doesn't look bad, but from what I'm hearing, I've heard like Disney's like actually expecting it to fail. Really? Yeah, like they're still mm. like coming off the like the success of the Last Jedi and stuff. Mm. I figured I, you would think that they would release it in December, like how they did their pre- their um, previous few releases, and yeah. no, they're releasing this one in May. Yeah. Um. Like that, I feel like that's just a little too soon. It's like, and then they went through a whole bunch of hell. Yeah, like they, the movie went through developmental hell. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, let's just let's just we finally got something going. Let's just put it out there. And however, it, if it does good, it does good. If it mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, um, I will say that like um, like Donald Glover, he he did look sharp as a young Lando Calrissian. Got a fur coat. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a good laugh at that part. Yeah. Uh, Donald Glover drinking intergalactic Colt 45, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Woody Harrelson, I guess, apparently playing, I guess, Han Solo's mentor. I guess the guy who got him into the smuggling racket. Right. Um, Alden Ehrenreich playing a young Han Solo. Um. I'm pretty sure maybe maybe Alden Ehrenreich will do a good job, good enough job playing Han Solo. But like when I heard him speak, I don't know. Maybe he didn't sell it. It didn't, didn't sell it. Didn't, I didn't see the the Harrison Ford charm in, well, in from those maybe, from those brief clips. Well, you gotta understand, it is a young Han Solo, so maybe like within the timeline, like you know that Harrison Ford charm and character just kind of developed. Maybe. Later yeah. on in the film, or even just after the events of that film, leading yeah. up to a new hope, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah, it's possible. That's just that's just a thought. Indeed, you have a good point. It's time to develop. Exactly. Um, Amelia Clark is in it. Um, I don't know what character Daenerys. she plays. I don't care. If she's in it. It's, um, da- it's, da- it's Daenerys. Um, maybe. Hopefully, she's not related to Han Solo, so they end up banging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all I called that too. Yeah. And uh, Tandy Newton's in it too. So, oh really? Yeah, I miss her. Um, I w- I will say like the the film 
it looks good. Like it, like it has like good production design, like the costumes and you know the sets and whatnot. I will I will say that I'm not. I'm 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 kind of indifferent towards this because a it's a spin-off film like yeah. like I'm like I'm more excited about the mainline films like right. in the sequel trilogy but the spin-off films like Rogue One it was enjoyable but it was non-essential I enjoy I loved Rogue One I thought it was great Okay fair enough um and and Solo Solo I just think that it's not going to be anything special because a like originally like the original directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, mm-hmm. apparently like a, they got fired because they made the film too. Com- their their take of the film was too comedic. Like apparently, like insiders say that they they ch- they basically turned Han Solo into like Ace Ventura in space, <laughs> which I would I would I would pay good money to see that that version. Um, uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard's a reliable director. Um, yeah, I lo- I actually loved Angels and Demons in the Da Vinci Code. Nope. I know they're not really like the most popular movies, but they actually happen to be some of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Both direct I believe both directed by Ron Howard. Yep. And he also did Inferno. I still haven't yet to see Inferno. Yeah. Um yeah, Ron Howard, I mean I mean if you if you're looking for like a, a reliable like like workman like director, Ron Howard's your guy. Yeah. Although I I love Apollo thirteen. That's probably my favorite film of his. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> yep. Um I think that with with the solo movie coming out, I think this is going to show just how really fickle Star Wars fan, some of the more ardent fans of Star Wars are. Because like with the Last Jedi, you had a lot of so called purist fans who talk about, oh, the Last Jedi, it 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 it, it, it shit it shit on the lore of Star Wars. That's not my Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker wouldn't act like that. Hashtag not my Star Wars. <laughs> go go beat off on your own time. Oh, and then and then. Those those same fans that that crapped on the Last Jedi before for for actually being unpredictable and taking chances with the narrative, I bet you with with Solo it's going to be so familiar. It's gonna it's gonna rehash a lot of those those tired and tr- those tried and true beats that we've seen for the past forty years in Star Wars. They're gonna be like, oh my god, the Millennium Falcon. Oh my god, Han Solo, Chewie. Oh my god, I clapped. I clapped because these things are really familiar and they don't do anything different. I love this film. This is the Star Wars film that I'm looking for. Fuck the last Jedi because the last Jedi did it is too way too different. I bet you, I bet you that's gonna be the reception when when Solo comes out. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, the, we the, shall see. We got what? Three months? Yeah, three, three months, months, man. We shall see. Yo, those those, those fair weather fans that they they, they want to see something different, but then when you get something different and great and excellent in the Last Jedi, all of a sudden, not my Star Wars. But you want to get something that's the same old shit that we've seen before. You got it with the uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, and I, and and don't get me wrong, I love the Force. Loved it. I love the Force Awakens. But you caught the Holy Ghost in Force Awakens. Yes, I. Yes, I did. But, you know, at the end, it is a remix of A New Hope. Do you really want another remix of what we've seen before? Come on, man. Yeah. And and, and it's a prequel. Do we need another... Do we need a young Han Solo film? Do we need a, a, a young Princess Leia film? Do we need a young Obi-Wan Kenobi film? Huh? Are we actually, are they, are we actually getting those? Um, an Obi-Wan Kenobi film is definitely on, on its way of getting developed. There is one prequel that I'm very interested in seeing because... Because just like I'm interested in, I have just a genuine interest in the character, mm-hmm. Yoda. And somebody actually did some artwork of a young Yoda, mm-hmm. and the shit looked fire. 
Hmm. I think I still have it in my phone. I would have to show. I'll um, show it to you later on. Oh, if, if yeah, I'll uh, actually post it. Yeah, definitely. But a young, but a Yoda prequel will actually be pretty interesting because remember, wasn't Yoda like the most powerful at one time, the most powerful Jedi ever? Yeah, for like eight hundred something years. Exactly. Like, how did he? How did some? How did a a small creature like that become the most powerful Jedi ever? Uh, nah. I mean, I'm not necessarily. I mean, am I a hard a hardcore Star Wars fan? No. So I, I would consider, yeah, I would consider myself a casual Star Wars fan. But yeah. so as a, as a casual Star Wars Wars fan, I would be interested in seeing that. Um, I can see the interest, but I'm gonna have to disagree on that because I think that would definitely ruin the mystery around that character. I think the reason why he's so powerful is because we don't know much about him, and I think that's how it should stay. And I see your point as well. Like mm-hmm. so, I mean, it could, like I said, it could be good. Could suck. It's yeah. just one of those things. That, it's just one of those things you never know unless they do it and if they do it right. Mm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pass on that, man. Yeah. But guess what? We're the Codex Prime podcast. We'll still watch it. <laughs> yeah, we'll still watch it. But I have Movie Pass, so I get to watch it with no regrets. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have another uh, trailer that dropped recently: uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. A as a Marvel geek, and then B is like Lawrence Fishburne. When you do, wasn't you just in a DC movie? Oh yeah, Perry White. Yeah, made you jump ship. Oh yeah, because DC movies, well, suck. Well, DC EU movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp, like reportedly, is is built as like a action romantic comedy, and it's Paul Rudd. Why not? Yeah, Paul Rudd's good. Evangeline, and that's a, and that's the thing too. It's like. What they, one thing I love that Marvel's doing is just like, yeah, the superhero genre is big, but yet they're branching off mm-hmm. into so many. That's the only Marvel movie I'm looking forward to. <laughs> He's got to be contrarian. He has to be. <laughs> he has to be. Like he, one thing I would say I respect about John Apodic that mm-hmm. I gave him the title of the supervillain and he just came in and just embraced it. He did. I mean, I know John. You're, you're gonna wa- you will watch Avengers: Infinity War with the rest of us. He's gonna like. He's gonna like it, but because he has that title as the supervillain, he's mm. just gonna trash it. Yeah, or better yet, like like I predict that like John he he will he will come away liking Infinity War, and then two months later he's gonna change his opinion and be like, oh, it wasn't all that. <laughs> just just like he did with the first Avengers movie. Don't think I don't don't think I forgot, John. <laughs> I really need to meet this guy. He really, <laughs> really needs to be on the show. I don't forgot what I was going to But yeah, yeah. Well, like I was saying, it's like what Marvel's doing. is like, okay, you got Spider-Man Homecoming was a uh, was a teen movie. Yeah. I was putting a teen adventure comedy yeah. type. Marvel Runaways is a teen drama show. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, superhero, sci-fi. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're breaking off. They're taking the superhero genre and breaking off into little subgenres mm-hmm. to make it just even, just making it even, making it bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I see. That's what I see. Like this is so. Ant Man and the Wasp is gonna be the superhero romantic comedy. Mm. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, like Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, they have good. They chemistry. have great chemistry. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like Ant Man's like what a D-list character. Yeah. And the first movie was very enjoyable. Oh yeah, yeah, still is, and um, and who doesn't like Michael Douglas? Exactly. Yeah, 
So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Um, we also have a, a trailer that dropped for Mission Impossible Fallout, the sixth film in the series. Now, as I was watching it while I was at my friend's friend's house, shout out to Juan and Leslie for actually hosting us at the for our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, once I saw Tom Cruise there and I started hearing the music, I just turned to my friend and said, this is the movie that made Henry Cavill <laughs> ruin Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you saw him. And that's when we started, we got into a conversation about, you know, his, his CGI mouth and then next thing you know, it was over. So I'm going to have to let you like give your um, thoughts on that <laughs> um it, it does look enjoyable uh i will definitely check out fallout because um i think that the best film in the mission impossible series is ghost protocol mm-hmm. uh that's the best my favorite one rogue nation rogue nation was fine i mean nothing special in my opinion but fallout looks to be um looks to be better than rogue nation in fact uh having cavill he seems to play a, a bat the badass villain of the okay. character you know giving tom cruise a, a an ass kicking a run for his money all right um, there's some crazy stunts that you'll see in there, of course, and Tom Cruise running, doing his Tom Cruise run as sprint as he usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta give you know big ups to Tom Cruise, man. The man is 55 years old and he's still kicking ass in the action genre. You know, it's an actual like a movie, a movie of his that I really enjoyed. Oh, uh, what's that? That I really don't hear many people talk about. Mm. Was the, the one with Jamie Fox is Collateral. Yes. Yeah. That was a real good Tom Cruise. Badass in that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Collateral is like my probably my second or third favorite Michael Mann film. Yeah, that's a great film. Definitely, I yeah. actually went to the theaters and enjoyed, hey, mm. watched it. I don't even remember who I watched it with, but we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout's coming out this summer. Um, they're bringing back the whole gang. Alec Baldwin's back. Simon Pegg. Um, Ving Rhames. Yeah, I haven't seen him in anything in a while since the last Mission Impossible film. Let me I tell you something. You know, Ving Rhames is still getting work. Yeah? Yeah, he's doing them Arby's commercials. Oh, really? Yeah, that's his, that's his voice. Oh, good on him. <laughs> get, get that Arby's money. Like, what was the most notable, the last notable role I can think of Ving, Ving Rhames in? Was it Baby Boy? I'm sure. No. Wasn't Chuck and Larry after that? <laughs> Chuck and Larry. I don't think I've heard. No, I've no you wouldn't that. have watched it because it was an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, I now pronounce you uh, yeah. Chuck and Larry. Yeah, never mind that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll I will check out Fallout. Hopefully, it's uh better than Rogue Nation and more Ghost Protocol. Okay. Um, we also had a trailer for Westworld season two. Still have yet to start season one. Yo, bruh. And I want I want to get into it. It's just yo, Westworld is the truth. From what yeah, from what I hear, yeah. Like I heard somebody say, like, you know, I heard God wrote this wrote this show. I'm like, damn, is it really that good? Well, Jonathan Nolan is a co writer. <laughs> okay. Uh and Lisa Joy. Uh Westworld season two finally comes out April twenty second. It was like a teaser trailer that they showed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I like turned said something to somebody and then all I saw was Westworld season two and I'm like, damn, I need to get on to season one. And that yeah. was that was literally it. I think I was actually talking to Iris who just joined. Yeah. In fact I reviewed the first season of Westworld on the podcast. Yeah, I remember you did. And yeah. I remember Iris uh Jones in about it when you mm-hmm. when the show was actually us uh, running. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So and eventually I'm definitely gonna get into did they say when the show debuts? Yes, April twenty second. Okay, I got a little bit of time. Yep. I can do like an episode a day and I'll like bang it out. Oh yeah. Nine PM HBO. Yeah, man. That's like this is this is one of those HBO shows that'll 
that'll get us through the stormy weather of waiting for the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I heard that. Y'all heard of that damn DBZ fighting game yet? You missed it, Aris. <laughs> yes, we've heard of it, and it is great. Yes. You missed it. Yeah. Talked about the Freddy Cup at the beginning of the program. Yeah. Uh, right at the beginning for Aris. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right at the beginning. Um, and then we had uh, another trailer that dropped. The uh, last one that we'll talk about is uh, D- uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson's latest film. Get it? It's a joke. Um, okay, Skyscraper. What do you think of Skyscraper, Carl? Have you even seen the trailer? I did. And we all kind of collectively said the same thing. Okay, is The Rock doing everything else? But, it's, but the it, it seems like his prosthetic leg is like more the star of the movie than The Rock itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they really focused that they really made wanted you to focus on the fact that the antagonist the um, protagonist, excuse me, has a prosthetic leg. Yeah. I guess like to kind of ratchet up the tension, I suppose, because like this, it was funny about Skyscraper is that one, it, it just looks like a combination of Die Hard and the Towering Inferno. Yeah. And <laughs> but he has a prosthetic leg. Yeah. That, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much like the main difference maker. So this is this movie, uh, straight up, this movie looks like it's, it's straight. It's going to be one of the rocks. Yeah. Like, but it's going to be like on the level of San Andreas. People will yeah. go see it, but it's probably not going to be like. On Fast and Furious level, nah. Like it's the movie looks it's straight to Redbox or straight to streaming. Um, I'll probably see it. You know, you know, I'm gonna see it. You got the damn movie pass. I got movie. Right I, now. I got movie pass. I'm gonna see it for the hell of it and review it on the show. But right now, the, the movie looks like utter schlock. I mean, no surprise because The Rock primarily makes schlock, even though he's a very talented actor and he can do better than schlock. But I'll check it out nonetheless. Schlock pays. It does, but you know the Rock can do so much better than that, though. He will, he will. He's gonna, he's gonna have a hit. He's he's gonna have a hit pretty soon. Like I don't, I don't see. I see Rampage being an utter failure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a mo- video game based movie, right. so. Right. Damn. When when are we gonna get a movie, a video game based movie that's gonna break the curse? Yeah, like we had two. I would say. Two, but like more, the first Mortal Kombat and then Silent Hill in 2006. Okay, that's really it. I mean, but we'll 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 find out what what happens. But Skyscraper comes out, I believe, this summer as right. well. Uh, we got some other uh, other movie news. Uh, Tom Hanks is going to be playing Mister Rogers. Don't see the, it in the new biopic. As much as I love Tom Hanks, I cannot see him playing that role. Oh, I totally can see him as Mister Rogers. Maybe I'm just going by looks. Cause I'm, I'm sure he can embody like, for you know, the personality of Fred mm-hmm. Rogers, but like, he's don't, I don't, I just if, don't if you, see it. If you put the their picture side by side and squint your eyes, you can see it. Yeah, just picture just Tom Hanks in a in a red sweater and like gray hair. You have to really squint your eyes because I just can't see it. Eh, well, like I'm really trying to picture it and I just can't see it. Well, I mean, we'll we'll find out. Uh, his uh, the, the, his uh, Mr. Rogers biopic from starring Tom Hanks is titled "You Are My Friend." And it's being directed by Marielle Heller, who directed the Diary of a Teenage Girl. And uh no no release date no release date has been announced yet, but 
I will definitely check it out. Okay, Tom. now think back. You remember that ske- that sketch from In Living Color where Jim Carrey actually played Mr. Rogers and it turned <laughs> out he was just a perverted creep? Oh, yeah. Just imagine some crazy revelation that Mr. Rogers was just really this dark-ass dude. Um, well, apparently, um, from what I understand, this movie is, uh, it focuses on the friendship between Tom, between Mr. Rogers and this journalist, I forget his name. And like the journalist is like very cynical about Mr. Rogers, you know, um, show and like his friendly nature. And like, he's basically a curmudgeon. And so throughout the, throughout the film, you kind of see Mr. Rogers kind of win him over like, Hey, you know, it's a beautiful day in your neighborhood. You got to look on the bright side of life. Don't be so depressed and, and miserable. Well, it's kind of my motto, so. Yeah, and plus, you know, you know, when when we were kids, our generation of kids, we grew up on Mr. Rogers. Right. Yeah. The tail end of it. I was more of a Ninja Turtle guy. But... Oh, me too, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Tom Hanks, you know, never never turns in a bad performance, so looking forward to right. see what he can bring to the table with this the latest biopic. Uh, another, another film coming out, L.A. Confidential. It's being rebooted as a television series from CBS. They're rebooting that uh, classic 1997 film, which starred uh, Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe and Kevin Spacey, uh, can't really, and and Kim Basinger, yeah, okay. among others. Uh, this one is going to be this TV series reboot is going to be written by Jordan Harper, who wrote Gotham and The Mentalist, and executive produced by Arnon Milchin, who also executive produced the original film. Um, I'm looking forward to this. This good. seems like a good team behind him. I mean, Gotham. Yeah. Gotham is actually a hit. You know? mm-hmm. Um, the Mentalist I heard is actually a really good show as well. So I mean, and then you know, going with the executive producer of the original film, like why not? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it seems like it could work. Yeah, and you know, I kind of dig the whole 1950s, you know, detective noir vibe. Yeah, film noir vibe. So I'll check it out. Hopefully, hopefully it's definitely worth watching. Um, speaking of CBS, what that reminds me, I do, I still want to watch that Star Trek Discovery show. I haven't really heard much about it, but I know like I come across in, uh, in a lot of the nerd groups that I'm in on Facebook, on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've saw some discussion, discussion mm-hmm. threads about it. I mean, it seems like it's a, it seems like you know there's a general, there's an audience that's actually watching it. And it's probably and it seems like it's pretty well received because the threads mm-hmm. do look busy. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how see how that goes. Yeah. Um, also, in the video game realm, Red Dead Redemption 2 finally gets a release date. It's coming out October 26th, 2018. Are we sure now? Yes, we're sure. Rockstar has confirmed the release date this okay, year. Can Rockstar can still push it back? I don't think they would. I mean, because it, it was originally slated to come out in the springtime, but Correct. they kind of pushed it back. They did push it back to October 26th to give them themselves more time to polish like, it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because Red Dead Redemption, the the that game is one of the one of the finest video games I've ever played. Like in terms of story and gameplay, man, yo, and part two looks dope. Yeah, I see. I remember the when they released the trailer like a couple months back. Yeah. So yeah, Red Dead Redemption Redemption Two, that'll definitely be on my radar. Yeah, I actually um, remember I actually came across like I don't even know how. It must have been it was like on TV or something where Jack Black is actually like so amped up. Mm-hmm. For that game. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's one game to look forward to. Um, also, uh, in back right. back in the movie world, uh, Bad Boys for Life, a.k.a. Bad Boys 3, is apparently not canceled. It's still in development. 
Why not? Um, apparently, uh, the original director, Joe Carnahan, he left the project a while ago. And uh, Bad Boys for Life will be directed by the duo of Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, who directed episodes of John Singleton's FX show Snowfall. Um, and it will once again star Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. So good, good on Martin Lawrence to get some work, you know, after God knows how many years. And good on Will Smith stop being like so high priced and actually do something for the fans. We want this. <laughs> well, he did Suicide Squad. <laughs> and, oh, and he also did Bright, Bright yeah. <laughs> which I hear is trash. I, I I still hear mixed reviews on it. Yeah, I want to watch it. John hates that movie. John hates everything. Well, I mean, then again, to be fair, like Bright has gotten terrible reviews like almost universally. So I'm curious to see how bad it is. So I'll probably watch it pretty soon. Um, but um, apparently, uh, Bad Boys for Life is uh, being written by Chris Bremer, and Jerry Bruckheimer will once again produce this film. He did produce the uh, previous two, and no, no. I re- Michael Bay produced the second one. No, Michael uh, Bay directed the first two. Jerry oh, okay. Bruckheimer produced. Uh, the is first Michael two. Bay involved in this one? I'm not sure. Right. Um, no release date has been announced yet. Um, our, and the directing director, directorial duo of RB and Falah directing Bad Boys 3. They're also directing Beverly Hills Cop 4, which will star Eddie Murphy. Please be rated R. Now, Beverly Hills Cop 3, I heard, was terrible. From what I heard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a shot of redemption. Uh, I mean, does the world need Beverly Hills Cop 4? We don't need it, but I mean, sure, why not? Okay, like, like, Let's think. Let's think about this because we're talking about Eddie Murphy now. Yeah. What was Eddie Murphy's last good film? Last good film. Uh, from I'd never seen it, but I've heard nothing but positive reviews on Dreamgirls, and he was in that. Yeah, Dreamgirls. Um, he got an Oscar nomination for supporting actor. Right. And then. He released Norbit during the Oscar campaign. They were like, "Nope, we ain't giving that to him." <laughs> but uh, Norbit wasn't meant for the for the Oscar for like you know that wasn't meant for the con- for the um, Academy. That was just meant for just casual moviegoers, just bunch of you know go to your movie. Just here's a movie you can go to see with your with your peoples. Yeah, you know, for people that don't know any better, I, I, I it's not even it. that. See, why you gotta demand? <laughs> why you gotta demean well, people like that? Norbit- it's just people. It's just well, sometimes people people don't. They just want to go to the movies just for fun, just to say, "Hey, right, yeah, let's go see Norbert." Right, but but there but, is one. I do have a funny story. Okay, that um, I was at work. I, I was working at um, I work at a day program for people with developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I've seen Norbert like, you know, ages ago, and um. We was like, oh, let's just have a movie day. Carl, go to a red box and <laughs> go to the red box and just pick something up. So I'm like, all right, what can we get? Uh, I don't want to get nothing too kitty for them. They are adults, you know. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, but we should be fine. Ain't that Mike? So we threw it in there. You know, everybody was was you know everybody was you know seemed to be enjoying it. And then of course there was Charlie Murphy who played God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. He played the voice of the dog, and he was like, kill the bitch. Mm-hmm. And then one of them just one of my, one of our clients just yells out, "Kill the bitch!" And I'm like, "Ah, oh. oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, oh, it was hilarious at that moment, but we was like, oh, I should have. I was like, okay, baby, I should have picked something. Else. <laughs> oh, but I mean, sure. it was one of those things that just. It was just one of those things. It was like just for that moment, it just passed on. But it was still fun. It's still funny when you look back at it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it could, yeah, I mean, I mean, Norbit. Even though it's a terrible movie, I mean. I, I it's I could see it being a movie that you can just like watch and make fun of with your yeah people. you know just make fun of or even just catch a few laughs. I mean it's not meant for just be like oh my god this is an Academy Award nominee. No, it's just eh, Norbert. Yeah, let's go watch Norbert. Okay, yeah, Norbert was cool to watch. You know, let's go get something to eat now. Just one of those types of movies. Nah. Doesn't it? Everything doesn't have to like be all extra revenant or. <laughs> <laughs> the post or moonlight and all that. No, it's just a casual. It's something for just a casual movie. It's just for it's just a casual movie experience. Right, but at least your casual movie should be good. And Norbit was t- trash, I man. Think, I really don't think it was trash. It was just it was fun. And remember, you don't like fun shit. I You're like just fun starting shit. Starting to like fun shit. I've always liked fun shit. I just started to like. Fun I've shit. always liked fun shit, Yo, man. What was the movie you just reviewed like twenty minutes ago? Uh, Hostiles. That shit is uh, that shit is depressing. Yeah, it is. But yeah, uh, yeah you like I said. We've been through this before. You like the slit your wrist movies. No, I, I want to see you watch spit on. I spit on your grave. Okay. I'll watch that. You, I bet you, you will thoroughly enjoy it. I don't know, maybe. I, I'll, I'll give it a fair chance. Yeah. But uh, do we have to have another cr- criteria? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, maybe we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, but as far as Eddie Murphy goes, like I said, Dreamgirls w- was great. But like um, uh, the, the, the last, Eddie Professor movies, the first one, Clumps was cool. Clumps was, was cool. It was all right. Clumps was cool. I enjoy. I enjoy Clumps. All right, part two. Um, life was underrated. Life is freaking amazing. Just oh, I love life. The upper room. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes. The whole cornbread scene as well. Don't eat your cornbread. Oh motherfucker, you can't have my, my cornbread. cornbread. That's for damn sure. You try to take my cornbread. Part yeah, two I try to catch it every time it's right on TV. <laughs> it's on TV pretty often too. Mm. Yeah, that movie was so underrated, and like him and Martin Lawrence, man, they were just they so have great chemistry together. Like they've had great chemistry in Boomerang. Hmm. And I love Boomerang. Oh, Boomerang was so good. I love that movie. Yeah, Boomerang was definitely. I mean, Robin Givens. She was kind of. She was bad in it. Holly. Strong, strong oh my God, Grace Jones and when she gave when she I'm gave. Still scared of Grace Jones in this day. When Grace Jones gave birth to that perfume bottle oh in that awful God, commercial. Yeah, that, that would ha- that would haunt dreams of kids. Oh man, Gra- Earth the kid, Marcus. Marcus. I'm not wearing any panties, Marcus. Mulan in the Fresh Shrek. Okay. <laughs> no, Shrek 2. He said Mulan in the Fresh Shrek. I haven't seen Mulan or Shrek. Shrek is funny. Shrek was funny. I like Shrek 2 better. Okay. I heard Shrek, the Shrek movies are good. Like, it's... you. No, you would hate it because all the... There's a lot of pop culture references, but it was just... I, I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, what was it? What was it? Of course... Um, have you seen Trading Places? Trading Places is a classic. I still haven't seen Trading Places. You should all be smacked later on. In sh- I'm going to hang my head in shame for that. It's you on guys. Netflix, Put too. your motherfucking head down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, of course, Coming to America is a classic. That's Yeah, that's my all-time favorite yeah. movie. But I, I, I will say this, though, and I still maintain this to this day. Harlem Nights is... is- Trash. I have graphic proof that you loved it. <laughs> no, 
Don't, you, you will not post that. You will not post that. Uh, no. That is not for public consumption. It's not. It's not. Man, but oh, yeah. But, it was it, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, it is there. But Harlem Nights was one of the worst oh, movies I've ever seen. Great, man. Especially like the... Co- you cannot tell me that the the chemistry between Della Reese and Red Fox was not hilarious. Like they literally just sound... Like honestly, I want... Whenever them two argue together in a scene, I'm like, mm-hmm. I honestly want to get... Ma- when I get married and grow old, I swear me and my wife better be cussing each other out like that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I can't wait to find my. I'm like, man, that's gonna be my old bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, people, but I'm like, that's gonna be me and my old bitch. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell me that those weren't funny. It was. I got a chuckle out of it, I'm but chuckling. the whole but the whole movie was just so unfunny. And I, I was, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like you're, you're just on the side. You're on the side of those bougie critics who slammed it. No, and even then, like Eddie Murphy, like it was his only directorial movie. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. only one. The only one he did it. The critics slammed it, so he didn't watch it till years later. And he really just sat there. He's like, you know what? This actually really is funny. Of course he'd say that. It's, it's his baby. No, it doesn't even he sl- he didn't watch it. He was done with it after the critics slammed it. Well, for good reason, because like look, Harlem Knights Harlem Knights is one of the most perplexing movies I've seen in my life. Because how do you assemble all of that great comedic talent oh, and the movie's on, wait, not funny? Our senior hall scene when he was like, Quick. You killed my brother. That was that shit had me mm-mm. dying. That was way. Oh man, I wish Ty. I, oh, way man, over the is top. Is Tyrone still watching? That shit had. A, we still quote that to this day. Nah, that, that was had us dying. That was way over the top. I was just like, all right, oh, man, man, that's dude. too much. And then the scene with with um with Jasmine Guy too, and he's like, look at the little gun. Like that shit was funny. Nah, I I don't know. I I I just don't you, see it. You're bougie. I love You're on the side no, of the bougie side. No, I love Coming to America. Coming to America, that's yeah, one of the greatest that's comedies a of all time. universally like, loved movie. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw it. It was like, oh, it was a couple of months back mm-hmm. where there was a restaurant in California and they just, no, it was Halloween. Okay. And they completely transformed to McDon- into McDonald's. I did see that, they yeah. They completely, they made the Big Mic, the mm-hmm. sexual chocolate milkshake. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual chocolate. Yeah. Oh God, you gotta love Randy Watson. <laughs> like the whole theme was coming to America, and mm-hmm. Sherry Headley mm-hmm. showed up wearing the same outfit. Yeah. As Lisa McDowell, she still looks completely the same. She does. Yo, like Sh- exactly the same. Yo, Sherry Headley. The same exact outfit. Yeah, like straight out of a time machine. Yeah, literally. And she's like, yeah, I had to check this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's still fine. Yo, black don't right. crack, people. Sure black don't. don't crack. All right, we got to move on. It's yeah. Like, it's like... Um, yeah, we got a couple more headlines here. Um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, uh, they're going to write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. Yes, so the Game of Thrones showrunners will 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 create a new separate project from Ryan Johnson's own developing Star Wars trilogy. And it will also be separate from the main Skywalker saga. I'm interested. A Game of Thrones feel of Star Wars? Yeah. I hope it's like that. If it's like that, then yo, I'm I'm in. Yeah. I mean, probably won't be you know what? It won't be rated R, of course. No, but definitely not. <laughs> if they can get a, if they can stretch the PG thirteen rating to the limit, yeah, 
then yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, hopefully. Whatever happened to that Confederate show? Um, I don't. I haven't heard much about it since the, since the uproar. Like the uproar yeah. just seemed kind of like just died on. I think it may still be in development, like in the writing stages. So I don't know if they're still bullheaded enough to like go through with it. But I hope cooler heads prevail, because it seemed like I haven't heard I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, me either. But maybe we'll hear like in the next few months or so. Possibly. But yeah, Benioff and Weiss to uh, do Star Wars. Hey, I'm all for it because. I mean, like, because, hey, you know, Confederate notwithstanding, I mean, they're, they've done an excellent, exceptional job with Game of Thrones. Oh, they're yeah. both great writers. And, hey, if it, whether or not this is a new, like, trilogy of films, or hopefully it's not one of those spinoff films, like, that's another prequel, hopefully it'll give us something brand new. And uh, last, last news here, and this is a... Uh, Attention, John Haponic. Yes. Um, this this is some news that um, before we get into it, I will say that I love nerd culture, but this right here is one of the reasons why some people look down on nerd culture because some of y'all are just a little too racist and salty. Check this out. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes responds to a plot from some salty and racist fans to tank Black Panther's ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Apparently, some salty DCEU fans... Count upon it! Uh, well, he's not racist, so let's not. Lump- well, it was just true. Yeah, let's not lump him in with the. With these, uh, well, these. Yeah, but I label him as a salty DCEU fan. Yeah, but he's not racist though. No, he's definitely not. Yeah. So anyway, he's a salty DCEU fan. True, but um, uh, but anyway, some salty DCEU fans created a Facebook event titled "Give Black Panther a Rotten Audio Audience Score on Rotten Tomatoes" because they claim that Rotten Tomatoes, which by the, by the way, Warner Brothers has a mi- minority stake in is unfairly biased in favor of Marvel films. Uh, The group claims that Marvel pays off film critics to give positive reviews to their films, thereby inflating the positive Rotten Tomato scores that Marvel Marvel films receive. So this dumbass... Consistently received. Consistently received, by the way. Uh, This dumbass Facebook event is set for February 15th, one day before Black Panther debuts in theaters next Friday. Uh, uh, the group also plans to have a similar event for Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> so apparently uh, a, a, spokesman, a spokesperson for Rotten Tomatoes says, and I quote, uh, We at Rotten Tomatoes are proud to have become a platform for passionate fans to debate and discuss entertainment, and we take that responsibility seriously. While we, we, while we respect our fans' diverse opinions, we do not condone hate speech. Our team of security, network, and social experts continue to closely monitor our platforms and any users who engage in such activities will be blocked from our site and their comments removed as quickly as possible, unquote. Now, my thing is, if Warner Brothers has a minority stake in it, wouldn't you think that they would actually put their movies, boost their movies up? You know. But yet they <laughs> still get garbage reviews? True. And with the product they put out, supports those garbage reviews. Word. And mm-hmm. I mean, trust me, Marvel had some misses. Yeah. Iron Fist. Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Thor The Dark World. Guardi- your- <laughs> Guardians 2. Your opinion? Yeah. But, and, okay, we're debating our opinions. Yeah. And Thor racked right to a lesser extent. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's like, Dude, just put out good shit. Yeah. Warner Brothers, put out good shit. 
Indeed. And and you know what? For all these like racist fans that are that are trying to troll Black Panther's uh, you know, ratings, I, I will say this though, you know, shout outs to Afton. You know, she actually invited me and our group to like this <laughs> I got it. It was this I got that I was like, why did you even get it, that I mean, this I, I, I quick I quickly left the group when I saw what they were about, but apparently uh, Afton invited us to a Facebook group which says uh Christians against the Black Panther movie. <laughs> and, like I saw one, it's like, oh, if the Black Panther, if the movie is called KKK, it would be considered racist. I'm like, dude, shut up. Yeah, like, KKK is a hate. Group? It's a hate group, man. Like, first of all, I, 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 I and I, I, I gotta get into, I gotta get into a, a, a little, little bit of a aside here and rant, a rant, if you will, if you want to call it that. Go ahead, I'm gonna try to find that group and find oh, yeah. something. Please, by all means. Okay. First of all, with all these, with some of these racist fans in nerd culture, um, one, you're fucking it up for the rest of us, and two, you mean to tell me that y'all dumbasses can believe talking and flying dragons? Y'all can believe elves, orcs. Y'all can believe gangster orcs living in South Central Los Angeles fighting Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Y'all can believe that that fantastical shit, but you can't wrap your heads around a mystical African kingdom. With, with a king, you know, that's technologi- technologically advanced with awesome weaponry and technology. That's, that's, that's just like way too unbelievable for y'all. Because, oh, black, black people ruling their own kingdom and being super progressive. That's utterly ridiculous. Who the hell will believe that shit? Are you fucking kidding me? You can believe in flying dragons, but you can't believe in black people doing their own goddamn thing. Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? Let me tell you something right now with you motherfucking nerds right here. All right. Well, gee, here we go. You goddamn nerds oh, with, Lord, this, with this shit right here. Because this shit right here gets underneath my skin because because you you racist nerd fans out there that and most of y'all most of you racist nerd fans happen to be white you 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 want to believe in the most fantastical shit but for some reason you just can't wrap your head around a black hero or a black superhero. You can't wrap your head around a black king or a black queen. You can't wrap your head around black gods or, or Latino gods or Asian gods. I mean, for, for, for you, that's just beyond the pale. It's like, oh my God, get this, diver- get this forced diversity out of my stories. This is not what this is about. This is, a, this is not what I signed up for. Get the motherfucking <laughs> get, get, get the entire fuck out of my face with that shit. All right? Uh, I got, because oh, because because I'm not done. I'm almost done. I'm almost right, done, Carl. All right, all right. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. Nerd culture in 2018 is for everybody. Nerd culture is international. It is for blacks. It Universal. is for is International, it's universal. That's right. Thank you, Carl. It is for blacks. It is for whites. It is for Latinos, Middle Eastern, Native American, Indian, Asian. It's for Blasians. It's for it's for Afro Latinos. It's for Icelandic Latinos. It's for everybody. All right, underneath the sun. Okay, it's not just an all white enterprise. So you can complain about Black Panther all you want, just like you complained about Miles Morales, just like you complained about um. The, the young black girl who was in the Hunger Games movie. You can complain about a black Valkyrie because how dare Tessa Thompson star as a Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok because, you know, there are no blacks in Norse mythology. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit because nerd culture is international, it is universal, and it is here to stay. And 
guess what? It's going to be more brown. It's going to be more black, whether you like it the fuck or not. So get the fuck out of my face with your racist bullshit. I'm done. Shout out to Brian Lewis, who just tuned in, <laughs> and our guest from last week. How you but doing, yeah, Brian? real quick, real quick, I'm just going to read at least one episode, one little status from it. Um, it was actually from the ad, from the admin of the group. Okay, I'm glad to see so many supporters joining our cause. Praise Jesus for his assistance in ridding this racist filth from the box office. These, Disney will not get away with any more of their liberal BS. Hashtag boycott Black Panther. So, um, so um, a member. First of all, one hit. One person just says. I'm just here to troll you, fucking idiot. <laughs> Another one says, did Christians boycott when they came out with A Time to Kill or American History X? Enjoy the movie and get on with your life, seriously. And whoever thinks Black Panthers was a hate group should get their facts straight. Clearly, they do not know what they are talking about. And mm-hmm. and it's just it's been it's literally a group of just trolling and. <laughs> It's just—it's literally just hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, man, you got—you got to troll troll the ignorance off the internet, man. You know, you got to fight it. Got to fight it, man. Stay woke. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, Yeah. You got anything (laughs) else before you go? Uh, We get to question of the week. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Um. I will say I can't wait for I can't wait to see Black Panther next Friday, man. Damn, it is next Friday. Yeah, man. And and yes, I haven't I have a I will be wearing one of my shirts that I got from Nigeria. I wanted to get the Akeem coming to America shirt. Those me those what are you wearing to Black Panther memes are hilarious. They are. I've seen a couple of them. Oh my god! I gotta pull. I gotta like collect some. I know I posted one like way like when the first trailer like popped up, man. Yeah. I know there are some good. There were some good ones that popped up. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to get a in a, a costume from like Akeem from Coming to America, but um, I wouldn't have get. I wouldn't get it in time. Plus, they want a lot of money for it and all that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, let me get on to the question of the week. Okay. So last week's question of the week, it was uh, based on uh, it was a wrestling theme, wrestling episode. So I we went to the re- went with the um, wrestling theme. What was your Bird. favorite all time Royal Rumble moment? Mm. So on our Facebook, Eric Silver says Diesel being in the ring alone and throwing everyone out as they came out. Okay. So I want to say that was like ninety ninety five maybe ish. Yeah. I want to say that. And then on Instagram, give us one quick sec. All right. AJ, uh, friends, AJ presents the greater good. Says, the nature boy with a tear in his eye. That's right. This is Woo. the greatest day of my life. <laughs> 1992 Royal Rumble. As far as well as Eddie Road Dog, he says Rick Flair winning it is an all time great. Mm-hmm. Troll moment of all time was the Santino almost moment. <laughs> so this week, okay, which graphic novel would you like to see in the big screen? Mm. Mm, that's a good one. It's very juicy. That's a dope. Words you could have picked. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Aris like. 
Which graphic novel would I like to see on the big screen? Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna have to take a moment to think about that. So what you got? I would have to say uh, shout out to our friend Paul Jenkins. I would like to see his Wolverine Origins, like his version of Wolverine. Yes, not yeah. X Men Origins Wolverine. Like yeah. we can, like his Wolverine Origins can actually probably just scratch mm. the X Men Origins, and I would like yeah. to see his. Okay, yeah, nice. Any other uh, choices? Only, that's the only one I could think of, like top of that. Okay. Um, I would like to see uh, why The Last Man adapted to the big screen. Um, that's Brian K. Vaughn's uh, graphic novel series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this uh, kid who's like who's the last man on Earth, and like the, the the planet's overrun with women because all men have died off due to this uh, disease. Okay. And uh, it's a really it's an excellent uh, series. It's like five... I think you reviewed this before. Yeah, I did. Like. Like a while ago, yeah, like early on, early episodes, yeah, yeah, one of the early episodes. That's one I would really like to see on the big screen. Like I could see that, like maybe as, as, I mean, it could could be like a solid like single film, or it could be like a a mini series. Yeah, like another one I would like to see is Saga, but that would have to be like either on HBO Mm. or Netflix and animated. Yeah, because that that. Those comics are like entirely too weird for people to be acting out, and it would be so expensive. It would, and plus, like live action, it would it'll be missing the charm. It would, yeah. Um, what's another one? Oh, I would like. I, I, I also would like to see a uh, Lady Mechanica be made to be brought to the big screen, which I reviewed on the podcast. Like okay. to see that steampunk world and that character come to life, like in live action, that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Why the Last Man and Lady Mechanica. Okay, so yeah, let us know. That will be up on our social medias within a day or two. Yep. And also, you can uh, find us on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, you can catch our content on YouTube. Yep, YouTube. Uh, iTunes, send us a five-star review. Please uh, help us move up the rankings. Mm -hmm. SoundCloud. SoundCloud as well, and Google Play for you Androiders. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can also email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Wait, didn't didn't uh, John send an email? Did he? Yeah, I think he sent an email, but we couldn't read it last oh, week. Oh, last week. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah, I'll let you read that. That's your boy. I'll let you read that one. Okay. So uh, so John Haponic sent us a, an email last week that we that we couldn't get to because of the wrestling show. But um, John Haponic's email is titled Marvel versus WWE. Uh. For a brief time, Ronda Rousey was campaigning to be Captain Marvel, and I honestly would have preferred Rousey over Brie Larson. <laughs> Seeing Larson in her costume left me feeling unimpressed. She doesn't carry that she doesn't carry that intimidating appeal like a former UFC fighter might. Does Rousey really have to act that much in a superhero movie? She might be a fun character in WWE, but I'm left wondering what could have been with Marvel. Maybe she'll get to fight Wonder Woman in DC. P.S. Yes, I know wrestlers have struggled in the past in superhero films like Triple H, Jeep Swenson, and Tyler Maine. They have? Well, I mean, yes, that is true. Wrestlers have struggled in the past. Uh, Tyler Maine, he was the first saber tooth in the first X Men movie. Okay. And Jeep Swenson, he Swenson was, was, he was Bane. Bane. And first of all, that was a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Just a. Is that neon light show that mm. 
freaking who was those? Who? Uh, who am I? Oh, you talking about Batman and Robin? Yeah. Uh, who was in it? Who no, was who it? directed it? Oh, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. I I wanted to say Jerry Bruckheimer, but I'm like, no, it wasn't that. It no. definitely wasn't him. Yeah. Um, and to your and to answer your question, John, yes, um, acting is required for uh, superhero movies, but you would not know that because you're a DCEU watcher. Ooh. Yeah, son. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right, but that's our show for this week. Yes, uh, tune in next week. Uh, next week actually is Valentine's Day on the, let me see, 14th is a Wednesday, right? So we could get into some Valentine's Day related topics or whatever. I don't know. That's sure. just, 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 just an idea. Uh, favorite romantic films? Uh, I would go with The Revenant. <laughs> Leo and the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Yes, so uh, once again, we will catch you on the flip. Uh, Peace out, nerds. Later. And dry your tears, Pats fans. Jesus Christ. (laughs)